Welcome back to Avowed Cast, the fan community podcast for Obsidian Entertainment's future RPG video game titled Avowed. My name is Sora and I'm your host today and we're going to spend the episode today looking back. Uh, this is our final episode of 2021 and we're going to look back at the past year of gaming with our guests and talk a little bit about what we liked, what we didn't like, and then maybe take a peek towards 2022 and see what's on the horizon as far as RPGs go and Avowed, of course. So sit back and enjoy. You've been good to me. Better than I thought you'd be. I may not always show it, but I appreciate it. I guess. Welcome to Avowedcast. Uh, this is our final episode for the year 2021. Um, and we have a lot of people joining us today. Uh, we're going to be talking about... Uh, the year past, 2021, looking back at the year in gaming and and kind of talking about some of the trends, maybe even touching on some of the news that we learned about Avowed from this past year. And then we're going to look forward a little bit and talk a little bit about our um, expectations. What, what do we want to see? What are what's what's on the plate for next year? And, and maybe even is next year going to be better? Or was this the pinnacle year? I don't know. Um, so we're going to talk about all that, but we've got we've got a lot of people here today, and we we have a new person. So Mila is joining us, and and just to let her get the anxiety uh, get the anxiety out of the way for Mila, we are going to let you go first. So what what you're going to do is just tell us what you've been up to. What are you playing? Um, what are you playing on? And what have you been up to? Yeah, uh, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV uh, on my PC, um, and I've also been down the uh, Hades spiral on my on my Switch. Those have been my main my main two towards the end of the year. Oh, Hades is so good on Switch. It really yeah, is. Yeah, it's like the perfect fit on Switch. I think that's the. I mean, I've. Uh, I think that would be the perfect platform for it, in my opinion. I don't know how do you how you feel about it. anybody played it on PC. Yeah, it's it's still good, but I, you, the Switch is just the ideal platform. It really is. I played it on Xbox, but only because it was on Game Pass, so I didn't have to pay for it. The nice oh, thing is, is like all the platforms speak to each other because the cloud uh, saves it. So if you play on the Switch and then you want to go on your PC, you can continue playing on your PC from where you left off on your Switch. That's yeah, so very, nice. very nice. Cross cross platform is pretty awesome. Um, so, Mila, since this is your first time, what what kind of games do you usually play? What do you like, or or what is your where are you what are you drawn to? Completely, um, very uh, Kingdom Hearts. I actually started playing Final Fantasy because of Kingdom Hearts. Um, I play a lot of Nintendo. Um, a lot of a lot of different stuff in a lot of ways. Platformers for sure. Um, I I can't really narrow it down to be honest. Um, I'll pick up anything if it has pretty art. Quite frankly, <laughs> I totally agree. Totally agree with that one. Um, Remoran, you're with us today. What what have you been playing? Uh, I I've also been playing a lot of Final Fantasy 14 since the expansion came out. I believe yesterday, and I've been yes. uh, well if, as long as I'm not being 2002'd, getting that error. And getting kicked out of the server, I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV. Other than that, I've also uh, started playing Mortal Shell, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. It is that game is if you don't know what it is, it is a Souls like. Yes, well, I would say it. I've played a lot of Souls like 
in my time. But that one captures the feeling of Dark Souls more than any other Souls like that's not made by from soft from software. True fans of the genre for sure. Is it as difficult as punishing? I feel like I was t- I was talking to my friend about this. I feel like it's in some ways easier and in some ways harder. It's shorter. I think total it's like twelve hours long. Oh, but damn. I feel like there's less checkpoints between two places than in than the bonfires inside like a Dark Souls game. You know, and and like you brought up something about it being like twelve hours or so, and that's kind of become a new thing for me. Like I'm, I wish there were more games like that. I, I, I you know, I I dive into Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I play it for the next fifteen years of my life and still not finish it, <laughs> which is fine. But to have those nice little nuggets where it's a really good game, and I know that I'm not going to be spending weeks upon weeks upon weeks playing it even i don't know i mean for a while there i was really into that i'd love to dive into a game i love to get into it and just play it forever but then i don't know maybe it's my temperament has changed after cyberpunk but i just i'm like i don't want i don't want to invest a whole lot of time i'd love to have snacks i'm a little bit of both like i like having really big chunky games that i spend like i played my last Pillars of Eternity 2 playthrough was like 80, 90 hours. Ooh. And I love that. But then afterwards, I need like something small to digest. I would definitely recommend Mortal Shell because it is definitely you know short, like 12 hours. And the feeling is so good. And the enemy design is, I think, incredible. There's this one enemy that if you get his health to like 10%, he breaks his own neck and takes off his head and throws it at you. And then oh, he that's dies. awesome. <laughs> he, it is excellent. I, I would recommend it. It's delightful. After also you sink 100 Pass. hours into my friend Peppa Pig, the game, then you can jump into Mortal Shell. <laughs> there you go. Um, parenthesis, what have you been playing? Well, I've recently discovered that we are in the middle of something of a Vampire the Masquerade game, Windfall. And no, I'm not talking about the coming uh, Bloodlines 2. No, I, I'm talking... Uh, about the games that uh, are mostly uh, visual novels and interactive fiction that has been coming out uh, the past few years. Uh, there's Coteries of New York and Shadows of New York, which are visual novels, which are good for a single playthrough, though there are some mechanical deficiencies in them. But the real interesting things are the choice of games, uh, interactive fiction uh, that are out. There's Parliament of Knives, which is vampire politics. There's Night Road, if you like being a courier in the southern western United States. And the upcoming uh, Sense of the Sires set in Athens, Greece, which is supposed to be a horror game. And these are fairly cheap games. They always have a demo and they last about mm, 12, 10, 11, 9 hours. Then some are longer, some are shorter. And there's also the rest of the uh, Choice of Games catalog, which is, well, there's also some bad things, but there's also a lot of good things in there. The interactive fiction stuff is very sparse. There's hardly any graphics, if any at all. And there's certainly no sound of full motion video. But if you like fiction and choices, well, you can do a, certainly do a lot better at a, at a very low price point. So where do I start? Because I'm very interested. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I saw that you were playing it. I guess it was on Steam. No, it was probably in Discord where I saw that you were playing it. 
what's my start? What's my start version for that? What's the game called? The narrative Vampire the Masquerade? Is it just um, I mean, if you, if you want to be uh, catch up, uh, I can recommend going through both Coteries and Shadows of New York. They will give you most of it. They have uh, the explanation of what is this kind of a world. They have a built-in uh, codex of sorts that explains okay. what, what, what is this. And, and it, it flashes up. This is someone introduces you to the, the prince of the city. And then they explain that the prince is the ruler of the city or area and that sort of thing. Uh, but you should be able to start anyone, but anywhere. But Coteries is is a good place to start, and and then I I'd recommend I think that Parliament of Knives is better if you like politics. Otherwise, it's Night Road. Okay, sounds good. And I saw that they have Swan Song coming out in February, I think, which is also along the same line of narrative vampire the masquerade games. So, and yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of. I've heard a lot of stir about it. That's how it kind of came to my attention. I mean, I there was a while where I followed the, I was, well, I'm not excited anymore, but for there was a while I was excited for the 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 game that you referred to um, that's not narrative. Um, but so I kind of checked the news every now and then and saw these popping up on my feed. So I'm I'm very interested and I think I might jump into that in December, actually. That would be a good game for me because I know it's not going to take forever. and. I just love a, a good story, a good narrative. Um, so I'm going to give that a try. Thanks for sharing. Gingerino, what about you? All right. Um, so I'm playing. I just got this game two days ago. You guys uh, know about the developer group uh, Heart Machine? Does that sound familiar to anybody? Not me. Not me. Okay. They released a game not too long ago called Hyperlight Drifter. It was like a pixel art. It's like a 16-bit Zelda-like science oh, fiction yeah these are the solar ash people that's the i've been playing solar ash since two days ago tell me about it tell me about it it's a very it's a speedrunner's dream i can tell you that much so um solar ash is a game about well, how would i describe it it's like about in terms of mechanics it's a game about movement like right from the get-go you have this ability to like roll around uh glide around on your feet like you're on roller skates but it's just like light and stuff like that it's a precise platformer type game and it's their first foray into three-dimensional stuff so that's pretty interesting their world is a lot more um exposited than hyperlight drifter which literally had no english language in it whatsoever uh, but solar ash gives you a little bit more exposition so that's been good it's honestly like i'm it's kind of like a science fiction super colorful shadow of the colossus Interesting. That's yeah. a good. That's a, that's an interesting comparison. Well, you, you go to these regions and you have to um, complete some fairly basic puzzles, but it's mostly just about being precise and jumping in proper things and landing. You know, platformer stuff like that. It's uh, that part's real basic, and then it activates this boss that roams around the map of the area, and then you have to go defeat the boss by doing a similar thing, kind of like Shadow of the Colossus. Except I don't think you had to solve as many puzzles in Shadow of the Colossus. You just sort of went to a place and then climbed a giant monster. Do you feel bad for killing the monster? Not yet, but I mean, I have, oh. a, fe I have a feeling by the end of it that um, they'll probably reveal something that makes that makes me change my mind. I mean, they're pretty menacing looking like they're these inky black tentacly creatures with uh, grotesque eyes. <laughs> this, it's kind of unnerving, uh, de depending. Are you uh, playing on a console or PC? So I am playing it on PS5 because I bought a PS5. What? So I'm like, I need to play it. On How is something. that possible? Um, How did you get it? 
I saved up for a year is what I did. And then I traded my PS4 in. Okay, this is a hint for anybody if they, if they still have good deals. Um, I traded my PS4 in and all my games to, I think it's a GameStop up here, EB Games. Um, and I had to buy the PlayStation 5 in a bundle. So I had to get the console, two controllers, and a $50 PSN gift card. Uh, and that should have totaled like 700 something dollars Canadian. Uh, but trading in my PS4 console, all my games and a controller, I got all the PS5 stuff and a warranty for $399.96. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. the same price as a Series S. Yeah, man. So if anybody is sitting on old consoles that you really, really aren't going to play, let's be honest, like just bite the bullet and trade it in. You'll Well, it's finding the availability too. I'm surprised it was even there for your grabbing. I know so, where I'm located, East Coast, you can't find it anywhere. I, I, a lot of a lot of the like PlayStation or Sony and Microsoft are doing the, these things where you can get it, but you have to bundle it. Does that make sense? Like GameStop's yeah, doing it too. Yeah, like yeah, I got yeah. an email from Microsoft and I actually got my, my brother-in-law a Series X by, you know, he had to get a game and controller um and since it was my account i told him i'll get the game and one of the games was diablo 2 so i ended up getting diablo and i wanted it so i think there a lot of places are doing that bundling it up and you can only get it if you get a bunch of other stuff okay that's been standard issue for a long time i got lucky because i was put on a list way back when they released to they were going to call me when they had one that came into the store and some dude dropped the ball and just completely forgot to call me so when they stopped doing the list thing, they told me that since they kind of dropped the ball with me, that they would call me ahead of time if another one came in, but that wasn't going to be for for everyone. So I kind of, I kind of had the an insider access to the, to the store while I was saving up my money. That's that's I, pretty awesome. I was gonna say I like the method that you went with for it, um, but uh, I am such a uh, console hoarder that I the idea of giving up my PS4 just like hurts me even though it would be for like a better newer system. Oh, I just I I can't I can't part with it. I do I get it. I look at the empty space where my PlayStation 4 was and I'm like, "Oh, oh. man." And <laughs> I you, also you, lost all my saves by doing that too, right? Cuz these not oh, all of them are yeah. in the cloud. Well, you always think you're going to go back, right? I still have my Game Boy Advanced. I mean, I, and I'm I'm still like I'm gonna I am gonna go back and play Tetris. I swear, but you know, <laughs> I I did the same thing when the PS4 came out. I kept my uh, PS3, thinking I would play it, and then I never did. I ended up giving it to my cousin literally for free one day instead of trading it in when the PS4 came out. So I just bit the bullet. I knew I wouldn't play any of those older games anymore. My biggest regret. Um, in my life, well, there's many, but my biggest is um, we used to live in Omaha, Nebraska, and I was leaving. I was a school teacher at the time, and one of my students was, you know, couldn't afford gaming and all that, but was, you know, was a really good kid, and I felt bad for him. And I gave him, I literally gave him my nin- Super Nintendo with all of the games. And I had a ton and like the multiple controllers and everything gave it to him. And yes, there was good karma with that. Um, but dude, but man, I that's just... a lot of money you were sitting on there. Mm-hmm. So that that's Jeffrey Bezos now, right? You gave it to Jeffrey Bezos. Yeah, yeah <laughs> seriously. <laughs> well, you I, uh... know, I could sell it and stuff. I still would want to play it. Something about that nostalgia. 
Oh. Oh, I still have five different DSs, um, two Game Boy Advances, uh, just with different shells. Uh, the original Wii, like I can't part with systems my ps3 and my ps4 i just i can't i can't bring myself to do it so at this point i'm just referring to myself as collector um because it makes me personally feel better about it right i mean like how else are you going to play twilight princess i mean it, it's it, that's, it. It, that's the only way now i mean and, and yeah. everybody won't you know so there is just there's certain there are literally certain experiences you can't replicate i mean they're trying to do that on every console and every pc game you know refresh it but it is it is true. Now, have you ever thought about this is to get even more off topic and this will frustrate Gingerino too bad is <laughs> that um, have you ever thought about going when con- when stuff comes out? I've always thought about this. of just going and buying the damn thing and keeping it in shrink wrap and just putting it in the closet, going and buying a PS5, keeping the box in shrink wrap, not opening it at all, sticking it in a closet and 20 years later trying to sell it. I cannot do that. I am my Funko Pops are out of the box. I <laughs> I can't keep anything in boxes. Uh, things are meant to be touched and interacted with, and I just it it hurts me to leave things in boxes. You'll even have to buy two of everything. Items. Oh yeah, that's pretty much it. One for collectors and one for me. I'll take two, please. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I've always wanted to do that. Okay, anyway, I it's my turn, and I've kind of been delaying this. Um, quite honestly, because, um, I don't really know how else to go about it, but, um, because I've been struggling with how to talk about this, but it's my, so my thing, isn't it? it's my, sorry, thing. no, it's, um, uh, I'm, I'm pulling for the words. I swear I am. I, I don't really know. So I know there'll be some judgment and that's okay, but, um, so I guess I'll go about it this way, and I'll say that my um, imaginary therapist, who, who's free, by the way, um, has told me that I need to come out and I need to talk about this openly. Um, and it's really the only way I'm going to get past it. And the only way I can't just keep it inside. Right. So this is a safe place, Sora. All right. Thank you. So here it goes. Um I have been playing, well, I bought Skyrim the Anniversary Edition. <laughs> no. 20 bucks. No, not 20 bucks. 40 bucks. Oof. I bought it for the Xbox and for the PC. Damn you, Todd Howard. Yeah, $40. You they could have gone to any other game. <laughs> hey, man. You can fish now, though. Actually, I am disappointed. I knew I was waiting for parenthesis to chime in. I knew that was coming and I deserve the judgment there. Listen, I didn't mention it, but I also started playing the anniversary edition. I mean, the yes. I, I already have the special edition. So I got the, the four DLCs for free, like the survival and the fishing and the, a couple other ones. And I started the survival mode because I was interested. So I did play a little bit of Skyrim. So you're not you're not alone. Okay. Yeah, but did you I'm, spend forty bucks on two copies, Rimmer? And that's what Sora's I almost yeah. horrible, horrible shame it's is really about. close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I just, I did it. I, I, I agree. I understand that it's you know revolting in a certain way, and I have been playing it, and I've been enjoying it, and I, I don't even know how to compute that to be honest, but. Um, 
you know, there was a while there I was avoiding all the mods and the creation content because there are certain ones that would take away your achievements and all that junk that came along with it. This, the whole bundle thing and, and what was really cool about it, and this is strange, is that I didn't like pinpoint the stuff that came with it. So it came with a lot of the Creation Club content, um, which I'd never played. But I didn't go in and look at what it came with. You know, I didn't go in and say, okay, oh, I'll be excited to do this. Or, oh, this will be interesting. I just went in and started a new game. And so what the hell? And it was so cool because you would walk into these areas that you know so well. And wait, was there a door there last time? No, I don't remember that door. Um, And then, or wait, there's a ghost at the end of the hall. I don't remember seeing that ghost. And ever and i played the game like a thousand times so it was kind of cool that discovery element of it was kind of neat i don't know if i'll continue it was just one of maybe more of a nostalgic thing um but i wanted to have it to be able to comment on it and it's kind of like that comfy pillow skyrim the comfy pillow edition it is pretty good i really enjoyed the the survival mode and a weird thing that it did for me at least was it encouraged me to some reason like because of i guess the realism of it it encouraged me to try to pick up crafting elements like i went straight to a mine and i started mining and then i started building my uh my armor and i didn't do that the first time i played through and for some reason the survival mode made me want to do that yeah Yeah, i I think survival mode is excellent i love the idea of you know forcing you to just in, endure and and no none of the convenient comfy features of of you know just avoiding fast travel and all of that stuff is just it makes it a slightly different game um even in a familiar environment so i have a question i want to i want to maybe this will help you feel better too sora what is everyone's mm-hmm. purchase count for skyrim how many times have you bought skyrim these in this i've got past- everybody beat but go ahead mila oh. have you bought it gonna say i have everyone beat the opposite way of i have never purchased nor played skyrim it is on my list i want to get to it but there's so many things on my list um i have not gotten around to it yet (laughs) i feel like i'm at the point of like you know when you haven't seen star wars and it's kind of just that thing where it's like okay well now it's an achievement that i've never seen star wars it kind of (laughs) is actually that you've played it in the last decade Todd Howard has not reached you yet. That's going to yes. flop no, so much. No. We should let him know. No shame. No shame. No, ju- no, no, no worries. I'm actually kind of impressed. No, that's good. Yeah, I am yeah. too. I get it. With a game like Skyrim, well too, where it's like 100 plus hours per playthrough, you're kind of like, oh man, I don't know if I want to jump into this 10-year-old game. I have other games I want to play. <laughs> that's totally not even like I had... At the end of last year, I had... So... My husband bought me for $50 the complete co- uh, edition of the Kingdom Hearts games. And I had never played it before. I didn't really play video games when I was young, other than like Super Mario Brothers. That was it. And so he bought me this and I started playing. And I didn't start playing like past the first game until the new year. And between October and December, I had over, I had 222 hours on the first game of Kingdom Hearts alone. I am not afraid of like devoting so much time to a video game. Um, I just, I, I don't know what it, I think it's a lot of it is how people talk around it. Um, and as like someone who uh, looks a lot more feminine, I feel like it's a lot of, um, 
a lot of the times, at least the circles I traveled in, it made it seem very inaccessible for me. Um, and now that I've been a lot more involved in like different gaming communities and that kind of thing, it is definitely a game I would like to try. But for the longest time, it just uh, it was a little bit in the same place of like Halo and like <laughs> Call of Duty for me of just like being um, difficult to access um, as a uh, woman presenting person. So that definitely was a, a barrier that I only recently got over, but I do really want to play it. It seems amazing. I know so many women who do play it. It was just the uh, circles I was traveling in. Um, so it is it is high on my list, but I have not gotten to it yet. Honestly, at this point, I, I think you should just not play it for your whole life. So you can <laughs> you can on your deathbed be like, my crowning achievement was I've never played Skyrim. <laughs> no, don't do that. I'm just kidding. That's like no. <laughs> Sorry. When, it, when it goes down to five dollars on the Switch, you can do it there. Even though that's not the best version to play. I mean, still. Oh yeah, I don't think I would. I would play it on my on my Switch. I I have one of the older Switches now, and it it gets hot at uh, games that aren't even remotely like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, to answer the question for you, Sora, I've had it five times. I've purchased it five five times. Oh my god! I I have it on the the Switch, the the PlayStation, the Xbox, the PC like multiple times. Um, it's 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 there. I mean, it, so there's a story. I uh, it's kind of connected to memories with my daughter because um, when my daughter was in third grade, I made her uh, uh, stay out of school. We called her in sick um, so that we could go buy Skyrim. And brought it home. I I know. Hell yes. You know what? I would actually do the same thing. I I probably will actually. Hell yes, because it's we still talk about that memory. That's still a cherished memory for her. She still brags about it. She she loves it. And so we brought it home. We sat together and we played it together all day. You know. And so there is that kind of bond, and that she played it too. And so that obviously is a personal connection to the game. So that's probably why. I have so many copies of it. Although I, as you know from listening to the podcast, I'm I'm probably the biggest critic too. So it, it goes both ways. So today we're we're here to talk about first 2021. Um, so we got uh, quite a few emails over the past uh, month, really. Um, people asking some thoughts about the past year. What was your your favorite games? Was some of the questions. What uh, other questions were. Um, you know, how, how does this rank in, in your gaming years? Um, there was actually quite a few. I was a little surprised about this. I probably should have printed some out so I could read them. But there was quite a few that I thought was really interesting that were very, very negative about 2021. And that it was probably their, if they were looking at gaming and in all of their years in gaming was the worst year ever in gaming period, which is an interesting statement. So I guess the first question I would put out is if, and this is hard because like Mila parenthesis, Gingerino, all they call you guys all come from different places. You all play, even though there are games we play similarly, you know, there, some of us maybe focus more on this type of game and some maybe maybe focus more on this type of platform. Um, so it's not going to be from the same lens, right, that you will answer this question. But it's really more from your lens that I'm interested in, not not you stepping back and trying to be a gaming professional and, you know, uh, like whatever is his name is, the bozo from uh, Wind Central. But um, 
you know, so step back and look at it from that perspective. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in your perspective as, as you thinking back on all of your years in gaming, um, what grade would you give the year of 2021 from your experiential plays, from your, uh, choices you made, um, you know, your enjoyment that you had versus maybe previous years, um, what grade would you give that this year, 2021? And how does it rank maybe among some of your favorite years? And I'm just going to rattle off a couple of stats here before, so give you time to percolate and think about that so that we can kind of remember the year past. Now, these are not necessarily games that I have expected that you have played, um, but I looked through some of the stats from the past year and it looks like Steam's top 10 games of 2021. And this, <laughs> this was very depressing and very frustrating for me, but um, I'm going to go down them real quick. Number 10, GTA 5. Number 9, Apex Legends. Number 8, PUBG. Seeing a trend here. Number 7, oh, this one was surprising for me. Number 7, and I'm going to mispronounce it, Valheim. Is that right? We have Valheim. Valheim. Okay, geez. Okay, and then number six is Dota 2. Five is Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike from like 1964. And then Minecraft at number four. Crossfire. Number three. Number two is League of Legends. Anybody guess what number one game on Steam from 2021 was? Fortnite. No. Uh no, this I'm is based on Fortnite. play. This is based on play stats, not purchase stats. Hmm. Warzone. No, that's Blizzard. I would have said Counter-Strike, but that was on the list. People play that a lot on Steam. My Peppa Pig. My friend Peppa Pig, for sure. You got it. It is Fortnite. It is. Oh. You're right. Your, your initial gut instinct was right. Now, if we're looking at purchase games, it's a little different. Um. And there's a couple of things on here that surprised me a little bit, but these are games uh, that were uh, the most purchased from January through November of the past year. And this is based on NPD uh, data. That's um, national, na I think it's National Purchase Diary Panel. They're the ones that release the, the stats every year that people go off of. You know, IGN uses them and people like that. Not to be confused with narcissistic personality disorder. It's it's an actual company, and they uh, they always release these lists. So this is their list of the most popular video games by sale. Ten Assassin's Creed Valhalla, nine Minecraft, eight Far Cry six, seven Mario Kart eight, six uh, Miles Morales, um, five Super Mario World three D or I think it's Super Mario 3D World, something like that. Four is Resident Evil Village. Three is Major League Baseball, the show. Two, Madden NFL 22. And for the prize, what's number one? I, if I was to guess, if I was going to guess, I would have said Mario Kart. That would have been my guess because Nintendo games just, just destroy every year. Um, or maybe what was the other one that was released this year? It's not even on this list. Mila, you the can Zelda one, the Zelda remaster was. was oh, uh, is it Final Fantasy fourteen? No, that wouldn't be it. No. There was a Nintendo game this past year. What was it? Was it was it a Link game or was it a? It was a Link game. Link's Awakening. 
No, Maybe that, it would, yeah. that was wouldn't be that number year. one. There's no, no. no. That one got crushed oh, by uh, uh, Untitled Ford. Goose Game. <laughs> okay. Um, just if you're looking back at, at the both of the list, there's a trend, and the trend is obviously first-person shooters. So it's Wait, a first-person. Oh, first-person shooter. Darn! I was going to say, is it Super Smash Bros? Oh no, that's a good guess. But it, and it's I can't believe it's not on here. This is just for last year. Um, but with all of the releases of the Super Smash people, you know, they keep they kept releasing uh, sporadically all the the new people you could play okay before you give the answer can you give the list again real quick assassin's creed valhalla minecraft far cry 6 mario kart 8 miles morales super mario world 3d resident evil village major league baseball madden think about the scummiest most horrible company you could think of (laughs) battlefield 2040 Nine? Close. (laughs) Call of Duty Vanguard. You got Call of Duty, but not Vanguard. Black Ops Cold War, of all things, was the most purchased game of last year. Um, Wow. So, anyway, IGN did kind of a look back, and they they gave, they listed some games that maybe are more in my palette. Um, And, you know, then I'm not a big FPS person, as people know. So Age of Empires was last year, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Near Replicant, um, Pathfinder, Wrath of the Righteous, um, uh, Resident Evil is one, uh, Psychonauts 2, The Forgotten City, Disco Elysium Final Cut, Tales of Arise. These are all from the past year. So after just throwing out all of those titles to you uh, that people have discussed among representing this past year, um, what grade are you going to give it from your perspective? And I'm going to pick on Gingerino first. So what's your grade? I honestly, like 2021 was not like a stellar year for me in gaming. But part of that was because I didn't have a new generation console for the first qu- first quarter of it. And then I was in the mountains for four months after that. And even the stuff I did get was like, I just sort of like, uh, picking stuff off of my backlog. I would, if I was to rate it on a one to 10 scale compared to the rest of my years, I would probably give it like a six and a half, maybe a seven at some points. So not stellar, but it is also the year that I caught up to the new generation of games. So it will be a notable year for me for sure. Just, okay. for, just for that alone. But I mean, me saving up for those purchases meant I basically limited all the games I played to just like game pass games or the occasional purchase. Um, but not, right. a, not a horrible year, honestly. It was there were some pretty good ones. I, I've kind of at the tail end of last year got real sick and tired of all these remasters and re-releases and remakes that were coming out of games, and I was like, I just want something original that is in my price range. Fair enough. Maybe I should um, get uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. I'll have to get Mila and Remoran to hook me on that. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. All right, parenthesis. What's your grade? Six. It's um, there hasn't been any great games. There have been nothing compared to say Stellaris or XCOM Two: War of the Chosen. It's been a it's it's been slim pickings, but there have been a few good things. And I think the Life and Suffering of Sobranto was this year. That's a, a game I liked. Did some interesting things with its story presentations and its willpower mechanic. 
but otherwise it's pretty much been the the, the, the bounty of previous years i've been entertaining myself with yeah it's kind of like uh that this was a good year to look at your backlog maybe you know of mm. maybe previous purchases or games you wanted to purchase that you wanted to get into i don't know that's kind of how i i kind of agree with that a little bit yeah 2021 um, year of the backlog Rimran, what about you? 10 out of 10? No, I, well, I, I would say if I were rating it by just uh, RPGs, I would probably give it like a six. I mean, not a lot came out. We had Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which was great. I didn't pay. I didn't play Pathfinder, Wrath of the Righteous, uh, so I, I can't say anything about that. But we did have Skolysium, Final Cut, at least. And... Um, I think yeah, what, then, we, then we had a re-release of Skyrim, of course. But if I were to give it like generally, without if I'm not thinking about RPGs, which is you know my favorite genre, I would say an eight because of some games that I really loved that weren't RPGs, like Judgment and Lost Judgment came out for the Xbox, and I loved those. I loved Hades. Um, I loved Hitman Three. And oh yeah, my, Hitman Three was this year. You're right. Yeah, yeah that not, was 2021. My absolute game of the year was Psychonauts Two. That game is beautiful and excellent. Yeah, man, I, that I, was I, like I a contender. It. Same here. Yeah, I, I got uh, all of the achievements in it, and because I loved it so much, so I would d- definitely give it an eight. But it wasn't the best year for sure. Definitely a year of the backlog. Okay, good enough. Uh, Mila, what do you think? What's your grade? <laughs> oh, I. It was definitely a year of the backlog, but it was a good year of the backlog. I would probably give it, you know, like a seven and a half. Uh, I really enjoyed everything that I played. I didn't play anything that really came out this year. Um, but and then last year, I was I felt a lot more passionate about video games last year, whereas this year, like it's a little bit more of having fun and kind of. Uh, exploring some new like older things but it was a good year i had a lot of fun playing what i played and i really enjoyed it um even though i didn't play anything really really new so it was hades uh spirit far which came out in i want to say 2020 or 2021 uh i got into final fantasy uh <laughs> kept playing kingdom hearts uh which is a theme for me um yeah so it was a good year i think it was a good year even if i don't think yeah none of the games that really came out or that were like you know recent none of them really intrigued me all that much um but i enjoyed my gaming year okay fair enough i i give it a four out of ten and that's for me being nice i just feel like it was a, and this is not the blame the industry i i just feel like it it was there was a lot of things that happened. I mean, so the the whole cyberbuck, cyberpunk fiasco basically pushed people to delay things, you know, push them back beyond this release year. And we'll be talking about 2022 in a little bit, but, um, you know, just bumping things. I think that was a trend. I think there was a trend of the industry to honestly use the COVID uh, situation as an excuse, which is, 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 it's already extremely impossible and hard to make a game. I understand that when everybody's staying at home, it's even more difficult. And so that's going to delay the process. But I also feel, unfortunately, that there were people who used that as a leg to stand on. And, uh, what, what are we going to say? PR, uh, department, 
oh, it was COVID. Yeah. So I feel like it was not, it was not a good year. I feel like there was a lot of things that happened that maybe weren't great. There's a lot of news stories that happened that weren't great. And yes, we're all pushing forward and growing, you know, the whole Activision Blizzard thing, the whole, it was just a, a nasty year for me. I, and that's maybe I'm, I need to have more rosy glasses, but um, there was nothing huge for me that stood out as um, amazing. I would, I would even say, go on to say that 2020 wasn't that great either. I think it was okay. I think it was good because of the release of the consoles and there was some pretty good games at the tail end. Um, but it was a heck of a lot better than 2021. I just, I just don't feel like this was a good year. I feel like the reason that we're seeing a lot of the reason I listed those games, a lot of those games um, from most played is most of those games did not release in 2021. And so it's kind of telling a little bit um, that maybe some of the more popular entries in, in playtime are things that didn't come out this year. Um, so I, I don't know. I just don't feel good about it. I feel from my lens and my perspective, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel there was a game cause I'm, I'm an RPG person. I'm, uh, I love Nintendo as well. I, you know, there's, there's all these passions. I don't feel like that was, I can look back and say, wow, you know, that's what I want to say as a gamer is I want to look back and have those one or two moments where I'm like, wow, that was amazing i will that's burned into my memory that's a moment i'm never gonna forget didn't really have any of those that i can that i can remember right now i didn't i had a lot of the other ones that were burned into my head like wow um that was horrible but not any of the positive ones and maybe i just need to take my happy pill is that is that it i don't know it depends on the happy pill Oh, there you go. I, yeah. Just go fishing I mean, I, in Skyrim and then you'll feel better, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. I just, it, it's, it's like, wow. I, I did get back into ESO um, with all the talk, talk of Final Fantasy fourteen. has been wanting to jump back into that now because I did play that obsessively for a while. Okay, I need to um, ask, should I play that game? I haven't played it because I'm always like, it's too big. I think you should. I think, and I'm, I haven't gone back to it in a while. When it, so I was a, an 11 person. Final Fantasy 11 was hardcore. Then, then Square, you know, pulled a cyberpunk, and then after they fixed that with Realm Reborn and all that, it, you know, it's. I mean, let these guys talk who played it. Should he get it into Final Fantasy 14? Yes, if you have a lot of time. Yeah. Well, it's. It's not like other MMOs, like in Warcraft, when you start a new expansion, they like forget about what happened before. But in Final Fantasy XIV, you have to get through the main story quest to get to the the new expansion. So, and that is a lot of each each expansion is like a whole, you know, thirty forty hour JRPG. Damn. So, if you have time, it it is it is really good. All the expansions, especially uh, starting with Heaven's Word onward, it's really really good. All right. I'm like, as long as one of you is willing to carry me through some of this, I will, <laughs> I will join in on the fun. Absolutely. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I've been told multiple times that like you kind of have to like get through, like it's more of a chore to get to the bit of the beginning. Um, I've really enjoyed every second of it. 
Uh, I really don't feel like it's been a slog. Apparently, that's not net. That doesn't seem to be the common uh, consensus, but I've really enjoyed every moment. Um, I'm not very far into it, uh, but I'm I'm absolutely loving it. It is so much fun. So I definitely think you should just so that we can play together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that alone will convince me. Hey, I, I, I jump back into it too, Gingerina, if you want, you know, at some point. I, I loved it. I remember, I mean, I know it's changed quite a bit since, what was it, like 2010? It came out somewhere around there. Um, uh, you know, the, with each iteration and uh, and as Rimmerin said, with each new chapter they release. And um, But yeah, I know it's, it's good. It's really good. It's not why I left it uh, when I did. I actually... I don't remember. Probably another game, another shiny object, but pulled me away, and I just haven't gone back. I did go back to ESO, and I'm enjoying that. Although that's starting to lose its shimmer a little bit now, even still. Um, but I always have to have something, some little MM MMO to to dabble in. Um, so I say go for it. That way you can share on the next podcast what it was like. I I am an endwalker now. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll i'll look into it I'll, you guys will convince me of it eventually i've already really wanted to so it's not a hard sell right but you do have that you know you got the financial the fee uh every month and all that stuff yes. so yeah you yeah, have well. to consider that but i mean it's you know, honestly it's not... once once the baby's here i can only really afford one game anyways so there you I go think, well subscribe I, I think to you it can, i think you can play up to like level 50 or 60 for free which is the base level game 50 free Okay, so the, it, right. that's the base game then, which is a lot of hours of, of game. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mila, do that. All right, Mila, you're going to have to carry me through the whole game now. Yeah, fine. Good. <laughs> I yeah, will. Create a new character together. That would be kind of cool. So that's, that sounds like fun. <sighs> they just got um, uh, Bunny Boys, uh, Male Vera. It's you know, properly how to say it, but I love the bunny voice. I'm very excited. So I'm totally down for making a new character. <laughs> All right. I'll, okay. This there you go. Better and better. Sounds like a deal. Sounds like an episode. We'll have to do an episode on it. Um, so I was looking at the game of the year awards nominees. Um, and that's been a controversy recently as well. I'm just going to list some of them and see if you guys have played any of these. Um, uh, Death Loop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, A Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, um, and some of the others on the list is not necessarily for best game, but made got nominated where Life is Strange, why? And then Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy was on there, um, but that just released. So I guess it's, it's kind of like the movies where if you release at the tail end of the year, you get on the list. Um, multiplayer ones where it takes two back for blood new world is another MMO Valheim is on there. It's one of getting recognized, um, near replicant got best score in music. I think that's the only one it was nominated for, um, audio design Forza horizon, resident evil village returnal. Any of those ring a bell for you? Have you played? Has anybody played any of those I just mentioned? These are all nominees for 2021. I've played I mean? Psychonauts 2 a lot. So I finished the whole game and I got all the achievements and it was really good. I don't know if any of you have ever played the first Psychonauts, but it, it deals with sort of like, it's, it's a platformer, like old school kind of Mario 64, but... Yeah, 
PS2 era platformer. Yeah, it's a platformer, but it deals with like a psychic summer camp and it kind of deals with mental health because you each level is inside someone's head. You're inside someone's head and it's really surreal. It's really good. I, yeah. I would recommend it. If I know, you know, most people listening will probably play RPGs, but if you're into platformers, definitely Psychonauts 2. Oh, man. Yeah, I cannot agree enough. Psychonauts 2 is a great game to play. If you can play yeah, Psychonauts 1 first and then Psychonauts 2, because there's a bit of a gap between the first and second game. Yeah, <laughs> like 15 14, years or something. Something like, like that. 15 years. Okay, those are good. Um, Mila, have you played any of those? It's okay if you haven't. I was muted. Uh, no, I have not. Um, other people, I've seen them playing, um, but I personally haven't played any of the any of the games you listed. Unfortunately. Yeah, I've I've dipped into uh, Is Take Two for a little bit, which is pretty phenomenal. As long as you have somebody to play with, um, I want to do Psychonauts too, but I'm forcing myself to finish the first one. Um, so it's worth it to finish the first one. Yeah, yeah so good. I'm getting there. I will get there pretty soon, maybe over the break, you know, over the holiday break. Um, I don't know. Uh, Life is Strange. I mean, I did. I gave my thoughts on that one. A huge fan of the franchise. Not a huge fan of True Colors. Um, the fact that I figured out the ending in the first 10 minutes is not, I'm not, and I'm not a genius. So that's not good. Um it just was, it was, it was not terrible. It was not a terrible narrative, but it just wasn't, it wasn't fantastic. It, it had a lot to live up to and it didn't. Um, have some friends who are playing New World and say they are obsessed, but I guess any new MMO kind of has that honeymoon period, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, I of course, I, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I started a new world and I started, so I can't say that I played them too much, but I played a little bit of a new world and I played a little bit of Forza Horizon 5. And in, in the case of Forza Horizon 5, I'm not a, a racing fan at all. I just have Game Pass, so I was able to download it. And all I can say is on the Xbox Series X, it visually looks incredible. Like it is, I think, one of the best looking games I have ever played on my, on my console. That's the only yeah, thing I, I can say about that. Yeah, I'm a huge Horizon fan, and I have been playing that. I forgot to mention that. So it is gorgeous. I haven't jumped into it as much. I was, uh, I'm, I don't know why I'm hesitating because I feel like it's, it's a, for me, it's a quicksand. So I know that when I do put my foot in about halfway, that I'm not going to be able to pull it out for a little while. So, but yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Just, just looking at it, like you know when I'm playing it, people family members who are not really interested are interested because it's just gorgeous and pretty to watch. Um, and then of course, Valheim, I need to do that. I keep saying I need to do that. I was just initially terrified of it because I thought it was another one of these, let's just make the game super hard and people will think we're amazing kind of games. I don't know why I got that impression, but you guys told me it's not one of those type of games. So I just need to get over that and get into it. Give it a try, I guess. But it's nominated in multiple categories as well. Um, but just looking at the list, I mean, it. there's really not a lot of RPG stuff there. Um, and 
looking back at the year from that lens, like an RPG lens or even a CRPG lens. I mean, you had Disco Elysium, but that's a re-release. Well, not really re-release, but the you know they added some content. Um, I mean, and maybe some minor games on Steam and and Pathfinder. What else am I missing as far as RPGs this year? Well, I mean, if we're including oh. the the end of December, you got Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven in there. <laughs> you just trying yeah. to get me started. Well, I'm also <laughs> not wrong. It is in a nomination for best RPG uh, for the Game Awards. Is it? Yeah. So if you go to the categories, there's best role playing option. It's the only uh, non JRPG in there, actually. Oh right, the Scarlet is... Nexus, Team Tales yeah. of Arise. I never played I haven't played any of those and I am a, a JRPG fan uh, but I have not played those yet Call it Nexus I have downloaded but I haven't started I've tried Scarlet Nexus I haven't gotten into it into it yet but I haven't I'm not as much into the JRPGs um, even though I always love every single one that I play it just for some reason it takes me like a good solid few hours before it hooks me in yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of of them, but I also feel like they're a different category of RPG. I feel like, obviously they are, but I mean, I feel like it's a, it, it, it quench, and it, uh, here come the emails, it quenches that thirst, uh, that Call of Duty thirst for people who like RPGs. It uh is that that's probably horrible to say but it's like <laughs> <laughs> rpgs are the call of duty of rpgs is what yeah <laughs> oh, let's just man. go out and kill a bunch of things you know and that's that's what the that's what the game is about and i don't know it just feels that way like monster hunter rise and all that now 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 monster hunter stories is different that was a rpg now that was cool looking i didn't get to play it but that looked awesome but monster hunter rise let's just go kill a bunch of shit so i mean what else yeah, yeah, i'm thinking a- I'd get a, a bunch of, of shit for probably saying this, but I think the difference between an RPG and a JRPG, like a Western-style RPG, is I think the to Western RPG developers, I think the world, developing the world is kind of more important. Um, and then, like, you develop your, your character yourself, whereas in, like, a JRPG, it's all about being cool. So the art is, like, always incredible. Like the music is always incredible. The story often by the end gets a little convoluted. You're fighting some sort of God for some reason who actually wants to do good. It's like always, it's it's pretty standard stuff. And I think both are good in two completely different days, uh, ways and they quench different kind of thirsts. Yeah, I find that JRPGs are usually very character focused, like Everything is customizable and the way you look matters and the story of your characters and related to the other characters. Not that Western RPGs don't do the same thing, but I find that they really focus a lot more on what statistics are you going to build for your character and where are you going to put your abilities? And this is what the world looks like and this is how you interact with the world. So it just seems to be kind of coming at either the world focus or the character focus, both of which are fantastic. Yeah, I just I, I feel like it, it leans heavily that way. I feel like, uh, and that maybe that's a sales thing and a marketing thing. And like, if we make something that's going to appeal, we're, we're going to stay away from, um, I don't know, we're going to stay away from something like uh, Wasteland Three, or we're going to stay away from something from Pathfinder: Wrath of the Righteous, and we're going to go more towards, um, 
mm, let's build up the sword so I can go hack shit. Um, it just seems so shallow to me. But again, uh, emails gingerino at gmail.com. So <laughs> I've told you that someone else actually owns that email, not me. <laughs> and they're getting a shit ton of email right now. <laughs> this poor guy is there's a lot of people gonna be emailing that. So Call of Duty, what are you talking about? Oh my gosh, oh, there's so much depth in going around and killing monsters. Anyway, um if, as much as I don't talk about JRPGs, that was the first one I ever had was Final Fantasy VII. That was the first RPG I ever played. And like that has got the highest place in my heart for RPG games. And why? Why is Final Fantasy one of those that seems to attract more people uh, that seems to attract more people from the CRPG side? There's a reason for that. And I think the reason is, especially in the early games, um, some of the early games, like seven, is that the one you used, for example, is a big is a big one, is the narrative, is yeah. is the story, is the it's not just going around and killing shit. There's actually a story. You get involved with the characters. You you feel something if somebody not that that happens in seven, but if somebody dies, you know, you you <laughs> you you have this feeling of I mean, come on, it's out there, everybody knows. But anyway. Um, <laughs> no, not that it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. But I think that is where you can you can pull in people like maybe me or parenthesis or, um, it, you know, it, it has to be more to it. There has to be more depth to it. Um, Honestly, I just got the game when I was a kid because I saw that it had three discs and we all know that disc size matters back then. So, oh, it did. And how many? Yes, absolutely. Switch yeah. to disc two. Yeah, Siphon filter, I think, had three discs. And I was like, oh, baby, this is this is <laughs> that means it's a good game. So I want to pick on parenthesis. I'm going to pick on you a little bit because I feel like you have a, a unique but very valued and valid uh, taste in games that a lot of our listeners uh, side with and have mentioned quite often. I know I never share those with you, but um, there's quite a few people that that uh, like your type of game. And I do believe you, you as like all of us, you have a type. Um, and I would, I would just go on a limb. This is me going out on a limb and say, call of duty is not a parenthesis style game. And, um, you know, monster hunter rise 15 kill the monsters is probably not your kind of game. Um, no, what, <laughs> what about this? I mean, you're looking back, I mean, look at the previous years. So like 2014, we got divinity, original sin, uh, was it 2016 was tyranny, you got Original Sin 2 in 2017. You're, you got Pillars of Eternity 2 and what was that, 2018? Uh, Kingmaker in 2018. Disco Elysium in 2019. I mean, these are these are, these are are big. I mean, even in the, some of the ones that you mentioned that I never heard of, you know, that are, that are fantastic. But I just feel like the CRPGs are, they just continue to either diminish or hide. I mean, what did you... Was there a CRPG standout this past year? Was there, I mean, I guess Pathfinder, you played that one, right? Or is there something that, that is where you don't see what I'm seeing and that that is becoming almost less valued? Well, I mean, RPGs, uh, uh, computer games are extremely hard to make. Good games, uh, good uh, computer games are almost impossible. Good computer RPG games, I mean, that's, that's, it's a minor miracle. Uh, it's. I. I think that it, it comes in waves. Um, it's. 
people people say, oh, uh, RPGs are dying, and then they reappear, and it's oh, it's it's the rebirth of RPGs, and then they go and slumber again, and then they 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 come up again. Uh, the the, the um, it's cyclical, and I believe that the the tide will rise again. When I have no idea. Um, there are RPG fans. There are, there are the economies there to support it, but we just have to wait. We just have to have patience, or and hope that the studios we like uh, know and will produce them, and there will be new ones. Yeah, and I just feel like looking at the list that Gingerino mentioned of the nominees for role playing game of twenty twenty one is just insulting and just oh my god, it's disgusting to me. And it's when you think back to some of the great ones. I mean, I don't know. It's just again my rose colored glasses. I lost them. I need to find them. But I don't know. I mean, I just I mean, you think back to like I, the ones I was mentioning and rattling through even the past year pathfinder and wasteland were pretty much it right i mean i i didn't play celasta i don't know but how much of a crpg it was um but there just wasn't much it just feels like you said like it's waning and maybe it'll have another rebirth it'll pop out again it's just never become as popular as i wanted it to be well the game of the the game of the year awards or certainly the game of the year the game awards are also caters to i think a larger crowd some of these rpgs that released this year are very good and there were actually quite a lot but it's you know niche market right yeah yeah i would just think that the the, the pandering would stop with the journalist but i guess are they were these nominated by fans i'm not sure how that works the video game awards Does, is it fans who create the nominees or is it i think um, it's a mix of fan feedback and also uh a, i don't know i think journalists a committee or something like yeah, that. yeah i think a committee of journalists i mean like look at i think 20 my game of the year 2020 was wasteland 3. i enjoyed the hell out of that game um and i still i have played a little bit of the DLCs, but I haven't played much of them and I'm going to. But uh, I saw a tweet a couple of days ago of Brian Fargo, the the head of In Exile, the, the guys who make it, and he said that Wasteland 3 has more concurrent players now than it's ever had. So I feel like people are playing these games a lot, especially with something like Game Pass making it more accessible. I think that like the Things like the Game Awards, they cater, again, like Gingerino said, to a different kind of audience that's more mainstream. Um, I, w- I personally wish that they would play some of these games because like Wasteland 3 was, was one of my favorite games of all time. And I, I don't see any of that kind of stuff represented in the best role-playing game category. And I, I wish it were. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I- a known fa- it's a known fact that RPGs have a incredible, good RPGs have incredibly long Tale. There are still people to this day that are going that are playing Planescape Torment, but but for the flash in the pan games and let's be honest, that is the ones who are getting the awards because they're popular, they're seen, they're noticed. Uh, well, that's not really RPGs. I agree with that 100%. I love the way you tailored that. How the flash in the pan. I mean, I I mean, I, again, that's. Uh, emails to gingerino at gmail.com but that is definitely <laughs> that is definitely true isn't it i mean i even games that i like i will admit certain games that i've liked this year you know are flash in the pans really they're not things that i'm going to, that's why i said this year i feel like 
didn't stick its landing specifically because I just, I was just lukewarm water to me. It was, you know, occasionally you move to the side of the pool and well, that's not a good analogy. I'm not going to do that, but um, you, you know what I mean? I, that, that's just what I'm getting at. I just feel like it's not there. Now I want to move forward a little bit and talk about next year and why I think next year will be one of those years. I, I really believe as negative as I am right now about 2021, I feel 2022 is going to be impactful for several reasons. And um, I'm just going to list a few games that I know that are coming out. These are not necessarily games that I'm endorsing or say that I'm going to play or I love, but these are biggies. And even two of these are bigger than all the games released this year. Um, obviously, Elden Ring and February, I think, is when that's coming February out. February 25th. Yep. Redfall, Company of Heroes 3, Baldur's Gate 3 gets its final release. Um, Forspoken, Hogwarts Legacy is one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, um, that's pretty good. Um, but you want some heavy hitters. How about Horizon Forbidden West or Starfield? You know, and those in and of themselves are defining moments, I think. And the cyberpunk next uh, generation releases. Don't forget that. <sighs> and <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I feel better. I feel more optimistic. And even if none of those games appeal to, to you, as you're hearing me mention them, um, I, I, I feel like this, this, the, the studios that have stood on the leg dishonestly, um, they knew who they are of saying COVID and all that is why the game isn't greater. That's why it's not releasing. Um, that fewer people are going to accept that as we move forward um, as a, as a reality for either putting out a bad game or things just not coming out. Um, but I feel that next year ha has something for everyone. So if you're looking forward, this was an actual question from several people. Um, in the email, it says, looking forward, what excites you most about 2022 as far as gaming goes? Does anybody want to chime in on that? Um, first one would be, if it does get released, which I'm not sure it will, obviously avowed. But that one being aside, um, I already have Horizon Forbidden West pre-ordered, and I'm just waiting for it to come out. Uh, that's the big one for me. That's basically the reason I got the PlayStation 5, is because of that game. And uh, for me, uh, also, besides about, obviously, I'm really looking forward for Terra and Victor, hopefully sometime in early Q2 of 2022. All right, that's a good one. Um, Remoran? My two games are Elden Ring and Starfield. I mean, I, Mortal Shell has given me that itch to play a From Software game, and I've been waiting for Elden Ring for a really long time. I mean, if I had a wish for... Uh, 2022, it would be that 2022 is a really good year for RPGs. I know that's cheating, but still, uh, that means Elden Ring being amazing, Sky or Skyrim, uh, Starfield being like uh, a phenomenon, like Skyrim was and still is apparently, and seeing like at least gameplay of Avowed and Fable in 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 E3 be amazing and also i i hear that in exile is making a triple a steampunk rpg or at least that's what oh the knows that as. sounds i want to i want to i'm too i can't i'm too i can't i'm too yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean all very good 
I, I agree with everything everybody said. Uh, Mila, what about you? Was there anything coming that you're aware of in 2022 that has you excited? Pokemon Legends Arceus. <laughs> I am I am excited. I'm excited for uh, an open world Pokemon game or more open world Pokemon game. <laughs> You've been watch have you been watching some of the 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 news about that recently and what the 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 discussions about that how they're you know when they originally showed it it looked like completely open world um and that was kind of what they were i think they were hinting at or they were like teasing um and then some of the, maybe the more recent news has some people concerned in that maybe it's not going to be as open world as we thought it was going to be and that maybe 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 we just don't know, but it, it is going to be different. So what have you heard that's excited you most about it? It have mostly been um, avoiding it, quite frankly. Uh, I want to be surprised by it. Um, I, I haven't, I, even from the get-go, even when it looked like it was going to be Breath of the Wild Pokemon, I didn't really expect it to be Breath of the Wild Pokemon, so I'm not very surprised um, by it being a lot less open world than we were expecting. Um, I'm also one of those people where I'm just excited for Pokemon games, um, so I'm never too disappointed as long as I'm getting a new Pokemon one. Um, I fully agree that remastering and going back to old things like should stop but then i'm a hypocrite where i'm really excited about something so i'm really excited about this being um a bit more of like a prequel to games uh and using some of the old pokemon and everything in it um yeah so i'm just i'm just generally excited about it um i'm hoping it's somewhat open world but i'm not expecting it to be uh quite as um quite as much as uh one would hope i would say yeah i'm a huge pokemon fan actually um obviously i with my daughter we got into that very early we played the, the trading card game and then we played all of the, all of the uh the the other games on on nintendo systems um it's just a blast and uh was really i i I just like that they're pushing in that direction. It's okay that it's not Breath of the Wild, and th and that's fine. You know, maybe that'll come. I think that would be super cool. Um, but I think they've continually kind of been pushing towards that, even with the previous versions. I, I feel like they keep pushing that boundary out. You know, where zones are not so tight and compact as as they used to be. Um, but uh, I, I'm kind of excited for that, too. I might actually jump in that boat with you. Uh, that, that sounds like a good one. You, you might hate this, Sora, but I've been, I've been uh, reading that rumors that say that the, the style is going to be more like Monster Hunter, where it's like a village and it's kind of mission-based where you go out to, to different areas and, and capture Pokemon and stuff. I'm not sure how true that is, though. Oh my God, um, I'm going to die if that's the case. Um, but I mean, I guess you could you could almost argue that it is Monster Hunter and it was from the beginning, um, but it really kind of was, but it wasn't. I don't know. Um, what do you think about that, Mila? Do you think it, it could become something like that or do you think it already is something like that? I, I could see it becoming something more like that. Um, I don't, mm, I don't fully dislike 
that, but at the same time, I do feel like we already have Monster Hunter, and we do have things that are very similar. I know I was very disappointed by Sun and Moon of how, like, just incredibly structured it was. Um, I didn't, I didn't love that. So I, um, yeah, I, I don't mind having a little bit of structure, but I'm hoping it's not just all like mission based and still, yeah, I don't really know. I, don't no, really I mean, know. I know, I know Monster Hunter Rise just killed with the numbers. And I know that even for a brief while, Stories was killing with the numbers. So, you know, if you sell, then you sell and people, people yeah. buy, which is part of, part of the problem. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I still, I'm still going to hold out hope for that. But I, I think for me, the the biggies, um, Baldur's Gate three for me is probably top of the list, um, and then probably after that, Starfield. Um, but I'm I'm also excited about Hogwarts Legacy. I just love the idea of being a person in Hogwarts. I know how silly that sounds, and but I think that game is going to be a huge seller. I just hope that they they follow through on their promises with that one no. um i'm gonna nerd then, out on that game so hard i love the i love yeah, the world. love the concept of it yeah i just if they really like kill it that would be great um and then horizon forbidden west you know that that's a big one that i might i might give a try not much into i am going to to get it elden ring and i am going to try it um because i feel like that's something we can talk about on the podcast I have, um, I, I have a request for Elden Ring. If you or someone else plays it, is let me know when so I can watch the stream because I will not have the time or money to get that game, unfortunately. Ah, yeah, the stream is an, is a good way to experience it without having... And yeah, that's actually an interesting idea without having to buy it and stuff. Um, yeah, definitely. I I mean, I'll do it. I, I don't think I'm going to like it. I, I think... So the Dark Souls, not to get on too much of a tangent, but is one of the most phenomenal atmospheric games I've ever seen. I mean, that game, that it drips atmosphere and it is so amazing. And in that part of it, um, I just, I'm just not a big fan of people making things hard just to be hard, you know, just cause it's hard. I can say I, I, I did it and wow, look at me. My bicep is big. I don't know. It's just like, what? I mean, I, after banging my head against the wall, like 50 times, that's not pleasant, but I don't know. I mean, it is obviously it's a huge. I mean, many people who are here with me, sitting with me right now, I love, love that. Um, but I just can't get into that. I just can't. I just making something a particular way just, I don't know. It just, I don't, I can't express in words if, even if you understand what I'm saying, but I do like the atmosphere. I watched, I did play a little of it. Um, and but then you know I watched my brother play it. My brother was really in into that, and um, so kind of enjoyed it from that aspect because of the atmosphere, the the graphics, the sound, the everything about the composition of it is is brilliant. You know, except for just we got to make this super hard so that we're hardcore kind of thing that bothers me. I feel like those games are. Like, for me, it's not well, – the reason why I like it is not necessarily the difficulty. Like, I would say the, the, the hardest from software game is Sekiro, and that's because you can't overlevel and you can't summon people to help you. Uh, and you can do both of those inside Dark Souls and, and Bloodborne and, and, and uh, their other games. But I feel like <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I feel like the best part 
of the game is memorizing the map. Like if you beat a Dark Souls game, it might take you like 30, 40 hours. But the second time you beat it, it's going to take you like 10 hours because you know the map so well. You know, oh, this monster is going to come out here. I'm going to attack here. I'm going to do this here. It, 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 to me, that's such a satisfying, I think, uh, thing that I don't get from any other type of game. So that's why I like it. I'm a fan of watching people play Dark Souls because it's just fun watching them bang their heads against a wall and curse and swear. <sighs> I get good old gamer grumps feel from it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I I played in Dark Souls 3. I used magic, which my brother, this, that was my first Dark Souls game. My brother did not recommend. And I play, I finished it in like 10 hours longer than it took him to finish it. And that was all because I, I chose to use magic instead of using a sword. That's how ridiculous. I banged my head against one boss probably like I, I'm embarrassing to say this like 10 hours. Well, I, I can see the appeal of, of doing something like that. And I can see the, the, the euphoric feeling you get at the end of, of, you know, knowing that this was made to be super hard and I've actually done it and feeling good about that. I'm not cheapening that at all. I just, it's not the kind of thing I go for. I just, I, uh, I don't know. It, it Life is so short. Um, I get enough crap every day. You know what I mean? Why do I want to? It's like going and watching a, a depressing movie, you know? <laughs> hey, man, I get it. Like a lot of, like for a time that I get to play games in a week, let's say, I only get, you know, an hour on this day. And then maybe a couple of days later, I'll get two hours or something. Like if I only have so many hours in the week, I want to like progress through my games, you know, and Dark Souls games are great if you have the time to play them. But if you don't, it's a lot of banging your head against the wall and no progression through a game. And it's like, oh, I didn't have that much time this week and I spent it trying to beat this one boss, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, the the uh, it's coming out in February, Elden Ring. And I think I think it's super Super popular. I know it's super popular and uh, it's going to sell like hotcakes and we'll talk about it. <clears throat> um, but I did want to, uh, you know, just touch on the fact that we don't really know if Avowed is coming out. <coughs> if I was going to put if I was going to put a bet on it, I think you all know that I don't think there's a chance. And the reason is because I even as much as Obsidian likes to say they're independent and that they are not really. Uh, a Microsoft uh, company, even though, I mean, that's not what they say. What they say is they, they are, we, we're a Microsoft company, but they let us do our thing and we're going to do our thing. Um, while I, while I appreciate that sentiment, I don't think that's honest at all. And there's no way that Avowed and Starfield are getting released in the same quarter. And there's no way Avowed is getting released before the fourth quarter period. So it's just not going to happen. Um, they're not going to put out AAA titles like that. People are so even if it's finished, it's not going to happen. It may happen in 2023. I could even potentially, if they really are that far along, see them releasing it in the first quarter of of 2023. Um, but I think it's pretty safe to say we're not going to see about next next year. Um, just because of, of other things that are releasing from similar stance, similar games from they're, they're not going, that's like, they're not going to do that. They, they want to sell the game. They, they got to make money, right? You're not going to do it at the same time. And they're too similar to, they appeal to the similar people. Anybody agree, disagree? 
I agree. I'm, I don't think it's coming out in 2022 just because I don't think it's going to be ready by then. I, I mean, people say that they have projected it for 2022. I only hope for gameplay at the at E3 in 2022. I'm not even thinking about it releasing then. I have a feeling first quarter, maybe spring in 2023 makes the most sense. Yeah, honestly, I I don't see it in 2022. I've I've seen the speculations and I mean I'd be hopeful and I would definitely welcome it, but I would also be skeptical if it came out this year. And no, sorry, this upcoming year, <laughs> I would I would probably be more concerned than anything. So, yeah, you know, that's a good point. I would be. I would be very concerned and I just I don't know. I don't know. I I I agree with Remeran. I think what we will see is I think that maybe mid-year we'll start to get more information. They'll start maybe ramping up that hype engine a little bit, maybe at E3 or potentially at Video Game Awards the end of next year, more gameplay footage and maybe more talk about it. Um, but as tight-lipped as they've been this year, and it's just there's no way that they're going to, yeah, they're, they're not going to combine PR and hype and in, in release in the same 12-month period for a game like that. Um, especially one that's so anticipated. So not, I would love for it to happen, not going to happen. Um, so we want to end today with uh, an email that I got from uh, Toasted Cheese. Toasted Cheesy Bread is the name of who sent the email. And I like this email because I think it's a good one to end on. And I think we all can have some input into this. Um, but it's interesting because it kind of puts you into... Uh, I'll just read it. Okay. So it's very simple. Why do you gain? But wait, Toasted Cheesy Bread has given us five choices and we can only answer one of those. Why do you gain? And here are the five choices. To escape, to challenge, to learn, to experience, or to relax. And he wants us to pick one of those five. So to escape, to challenge, to learn, to experience, or to relax. What is the primary reason that you game? So while you guys are thinking about it, I'm going to answer with my answer. And I'm going to say, relax. That's my primary reason. I'm glad that was on the list because most people don't even consider that. Um, I game to relax more than I game to escape. I game because even games that are challenging and yes i do like challenging games um they they i don't know cathartic they're kind of like they they help me out you know it's like i can i can really focus on something and that that focus helps me relax and helps me um you know take the edge off of the day and and just kind of chill out that's why i love games like um stardew valley you know just the opening scene of Stardew Valley. I mean, how can you not love the game where the music and the sign and everything is just so amazing. And, but even games like Skyrim or um, Pillars of Eternity, you know, I, it's like reading a good book. It, for me, it was like getting into the narrative and just really like sinking in and I forget about everything else. And, and that kind of helps me chill out and relax. So for me, that's my answer. Although, I mean, I, Escape possibly, experience possibly, but more relax for me. Um, Gingerino, why do you game? And you have to pick toasted cheesy breads options of escape, challenge, learn, experience, or relax. 
Um, honestly, I, I've, I can see all of those happening within the my full breadth experience of games since I was four years old. I think where I'm at right now with gaming, primarily it's about experience. I think uh, up until recently, it has been kind of an escape. I had a just a lot of stuff that was going on and I needed something to get away from everything from, which is okay. Uh, but now that things are kind of settling down since then, I think I'm more about experiences. I just like to sink into the world of these games. And so I, I noticed more lately in the last few months, I spend a lot of time just moving the camera around, looking at the world of some of these games. You know, I, I just stop and I look at all the set pieces. I look for Easter eggs. Um, I like to try to go through all of the challenges, but not because I have to complete the hard challenges of a game, but I like to just get the full blooded, full soak experience of a game. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, but who knows where I'll be in a couple months from now. I might be more of a, a relax focus or a challenge focus. Right now, it's yeah, just that's pretty... interesting. It can change, right? It can change on where you at and your, where you're at in your life. It can change on, you know, what what's going on in in your current environment. I don't think it has to be a static thing. Like that's the only way I've always ever gamed, which is a good point. You know, yeah. When I was at camp doing all the um, the outdoor leadership stuff, it was definitely an escape focus because I was working so hard, and then I would get back to the cabin. And I'd only have a few games installed, but I would just it would just be an hour of me uh, getting out of all of my responsibilities and into another world, which sounds experience focused, but it was definitely for the escape purposes. All right, that's good. Parenthesis. Uh, wait, I, should we predict what parenthesis is? Uh, uh, let's see. Um, what is parenthesis going to answer, Gingerino? Is it going to uh, be to escape, to challenge, to learn, to experience, or to relax? I'm having a tough choice with this. I was at first stuck between challenge and learn, but then the more I think about the way he talks, I'm thinking it might be experience or learn. But since both of those, I thought learn. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with to challenge. I think he's going to say to challenge. Remoran, you want to pick one? You uh, think? I would say based off of all the answers that I've seen him in all the talks, uh, learn. Okay, that's good. And Amelia, you don't know him as well, you, but you, you want to take a stab at it and see if, see if you're right? I'm going to go with a different one. I'm going to say escape just to be the, the odd one. Cover okay, our bases. fair enough. Yeah, fair I enough. I can see it. All right, parenthesis, the stage is yours. It's experience. Damn it. So close. <laughs> <laughs> that was my second one. Yeah. Experience, <laughs> new challenges, new roles, situation, and dilemmas. Okay. I get that. So what is it what is it about it? Is it kind of like what um to just drench yourself in the game? Is it sink yourself into the game, or is it that the game brings new experiences to you? Uh, it's the latter. It's I mean It's it's the ability to to take on new roles. I mean, the game facilitates you being able to say role play or be exposed to uh, resource uh, questions you need to solve, uh, logistical change you need to uh, make, puzzles you you need to solve that sort of thing. The games are really good at this because you're not just a passive observer as you are in in a book or a movie. 
I mean, they, these are not, I'm not saying they're bad. They are valuable, valuable art forms, uh, but, but games can draw you more in because you have a measure of control. And this means that you can put more of yourself into the, into the, into the experience and that can reflect back onto you. This was the result of my actions. How do I feel about this? Was this right? Could I have done better for whatever measure of better you have? Okay. So it's kind of a growth thing too. That's cool. Like kind of, uh, yeah. Okay. I like that. Uh, Remoran, um, tell me what you think. What are you, what are you, what are you picking from that list? Escape, challenge, learn, experience, relax. I think in different parts of my life, it has been one of each of those, but I think for the most part, I would say experience. I think I realized this, uh, the first time I read the Hobbit in like fifth or sixth grade, where I thought, man, this is a lot like the video games I play. And I think my love of, of video games, of m- movies and TV and of uh, books comes from that experiencing a new world, the familiar yet just slightly different and in a really clever way that makes you think about like how you would be in that world. And I think video games are really good at at uh, giving you the option to play in, in, in a, a world that's been created. I think that's why I love Pillars of Eternity so much. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, so, Mila, let's, let's hear it. We're, tell, tell us what you think. What is, why do you game? I'm going to go with experience uh, as well. I love to do something I call uh, video game tourism, um, where I have too many screenshots on my computer, on my Switch, on my PlayStation of just beautiful sites. Do I ever go back and look at them? No. Um, But I love just going and finding all these beautiful sites, just actually exploring and like, you know, Breath of the Wild, I will just go up to pretty areas and take nice photos. Um, and just really exist in them. And what you were saying too about like Stardew with um, just how it immerses you and just all the different, uh, it's just amazing. It's, it's definitely experience when the music, the aesthetics, when everything just like comes together to just create this like amazing experience. It's just uh, absolutely incredible. Good answer. Very, very cool. It's a lot of people picked experience. Um and I chose real. I guess they're in a way you could argue so many of these crossover and that, you know, experience to, to relax, to escape. Um, I guess they all, I like the question toasted cheesy bread and I like your, your name there, but um, very good question to end the podcast. And thank you guys for hanging out with us and kind of rehashing 2021. We all gave it a grade. Um, and we're looking ahead to 2022 and, and Starfield, maybe avowed, you know, some, some other pretty big, uh, CRPGs, hopefully on the horizon for us in the coming years. And we appreciate everybody listening, but before we head out, I want to give those of you who, uh, are active in social media and who have things to share, maybe on Twitter and such, I want to give you a chance to give a shout out. So Gingerino, how, how can they find you? Um, even though we didn't talk about Pillars of Eternity or Avowed very much. Um, if you're into the lore for AR, yeah, you're going to get emails on that again, aren't I you? I don't care. I'm tired <laughs> of them. They, they, they come every month. Listen. Every month. Even when we talk about Avowed, they come every month. So wait, anyway, wait, wait. Avowed is not out yet. And 
you know, we, we we're didn't doing get the, the best pillars. we it's, can. It's fine, honestly. It's a it's a good RPG talk. Who cares? Plus, it's yes. an end of the year discussion. I yes. you know what? I'm I stand next to you in solidarity. Sort of yeah, yeah. episode. Um, but if you're into the world of Aora, you want to learn more about the world that Avowed and Pillars of Eternity is played in. I have a lore podcast you can check out. Uh, it's called The World of Aora because I couldn't think of anything else original. Uh, you know what? Fun fact: I was going to call it Luminous Adra, but then I thought that was way too niche. And so, oh no, yeah, it's, been a, great it's name. a cool. It would have been a great name, but uh, only the real diehards. You I know. know. I had a I had a logo and everything, and then I was thinking about it. And I'm like, no one's gonna find this damn thing. So I just <laughs> called it the World of Aora. Uh, which, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's, so if you want to check it out, uh, Twitter at World of Aora, or you could just look on any podcasting platform and search the world of aora i might uh decide to change it again to world of aora avowed in pillars of eternity to make it seo friendly but we'll see oh yeah i know the feeling and the you know i get it you know like avowed cast is is making it one word was probably stupid but um, i don't know man i feel like you're uh getting a lot more hits just from that alone i know when i do random google searches on avowed your podcast pops up actually Yay. Well, and before that, it was um, another podcast, which is always a bother for me because did you have you noticed like, I mean, yeah, we've become got more listeners, we keep growing. But and so that means that there's more people searching and looking. And but uh, before when you did that, it was this uh, religious marriage podcast. Well, yeah, the about podcast. That's right. And they only had like one episode. And but yet it's still considered. And that's one thing I don't like. I don't know. I, I, we should get them on the show one of these days. <laughs> yes. Avowed meets avowed. Um, and yeah, that, that I don't know. Anything, anyway, uh, parenthesis, do you want people to find you? And if so, how can they? They can certainly try, but uh, not right now. I don't have any projects. Sounds good. Remoran? Uh I'm on Twitter, at Sir Remoran, Uh But I, I only tweet about... Stupid stuff that I like. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, that's that sounds good to me. Um, Mila, how how can people hunt you down and find you? What what platforms are you on? I'm on Twitter and Twitch. Um, on Twitter, it's um, at troll underscore Mila M I L A. Um, again, I just share about stupid things I'm interested in, and then I'm on Twitch as troll Mila, all one word, no lowercase uh, or no um, underscore. Um, and right now I'm have been a little too overwhelmed with school to really be kept keeping up with it regularly, but generally you can, you can find me there. Well, you got December coming up, right? You're, you're not going to have school the last, what, two weeks of, do you have a break uh, there? I do. I do. Thankfully, um, I can't bring my PC with me, but I'll go back to streaming off of my, uh, PS4 and my, um, very old windows surface tablet. <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, that's my plan for the summer or for the winter. Okay, very cool, very cool, and we're so happy that you joined us, and I hope you come back and 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 join us for just future discussions. I think you have a a, so much solid and important voice, and I like what you had to say. Um, For Avowed Cast, we are at Avowed Cast, and that's on Twitter, and we also have. an email. So if you're a fan and you like all of the, everything you're hearing, you can, or you want to help out or join us, you can email us um, at aboutcast at gmail.com. Um, if, if you don't, if you're not a big fan, I understand. Um, but we have a separate email for that. And I think you know what that is. 
Um, but it's gingerino at gmail.com. And uh, that's pretty much how you can find us. We have a vowedcast.com. It's a website, but we really just post um, episodes on there and how you can find them. Uh, and we'll probably be expanding that atmosphere, online presence um, when we get to learn more about Avowed. But for right now, it's really just a bunch of people who like RPGs sitting around and chatting and speculating until we get more information from Obsidian, of course. Um, Thanks, everybody, for listening and have a wonderful end of the year and a happy new year. And we'll see you on the other side. Listen, I'm willing to be the bigger person here and say that maybe I was wrong. Maybe you're not quite the incompetent fool I thought you were.